There's no question a lot is at stake in this year's election at all levels of government. We here at the Topeka Capital Journal are doing our part to share the perspectives of those running for elected positions in Kansas. My name is India Yarbrough, and I'm a reporter for the Capital Journal. Over the next few weeks, leading up to the November 3rd general election, our reporters will be interviewing candidates running for local, state, and national offices. We'll be asking them questions about their platforms and priorities, and having conversations about what this year's election means to Kansans. We hope you enjoy listening to our Election 2020 podcast series. Welcome to the Topeka Capital Journal's election podcast, where we sit down with federal, state, and local candidates to talk about their candidacies and issues that matter to Kansans. My name is Andrew Ball. I'm one of the State House reporters at the Capital Journal, and we are joined today by Rick Kluse. He is running in the 19th Senate District. Uh, He's the Republican running against incumbent Democrat Anthony Hensley. Rick, thanks for coming aboard. Hey, good to be here today. Well, we'll get down into the issues in just a second, but sure. starting off a bit, why don't you tell us a bit about who you are as a Kansan and a bit about what prompted you to run for the state Senate? Sure. Well, I grew up in uh, rural Kansas, uh, Concordia-Miltonville area, been in the Topeka area now for, oh, that's since May of 98. I've been in uh, ministry. I've been a former uh, volunteer police chaplain for Saline County before I moved here for about eight years. And then I worked uh, several different local hospice organizations as a chaplain. Uh, I've been bivocational all along. Uh, big thing is real estate. My wife and I have uh, sold real estate and flipped homes for over 20 years and uh, really just started getting political. I've always been a, a voter, but um, the last few years, uh, my son always says we can do politics better, and boy, do do we need that today. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, just uh, I got four boys and uh, my wife, Penny, of course, and then uh, we have uh, four grandbabies. And I just feel like uh, I want to do what I've been doing uh, all my life, uh, serving the public in different capacities and uh, just see, seeing what I can do on a, on a state level. Well, you mentioned getting into politics. This isn't your first run for office, correct? You ran for governor back in 2018? Yes, I ran as an independent, and uh, that was, I tell everybody, my political boot camp. (laughs) (laughs) I learned. I guess the highlight of that was uh, we did a 52-day tour of all 105 counties, and that's what I built my platform off of at that time, and just really had to hear what Kansans have uh, had to to say, and that's kind of what I'm doing now in my 19th district. Uh, I've been campaigning for... For uh, over a year now, uh, this past June, uh, reaching out and just uh, hearing hearing what folks uh, want to see changed. What well, said political boot camp? You know what what was the boot camp like? What did you learn uh, that you're taking from that run and applying to your current one? Well, some of our strategies of uh, just community events, uh, being very involved. Uh, now there's not as many as parades because of COVID, and and even some of the the different community events. You know, uh, the COVID has definitely uh, made an impact. But I I actually uh, did uh, the Miracle on Kansas Avenue uh, parade last fall before COVID hit. 
Um, you know, reaching out to uh, different, I had an opportunity to sit down with over 20 school superintendents to hear from them, met with mayors and uh, business people and just uh, as many people as I can to to really, you know, um, get, get a fair assessment of uh, where Kansans are. And probably the highlight uh, of it was uh, I learned how beautiful Kansas is. And uh, to me, just being able to get out there and to, to see, and of course, we've got to build this area back up now of tourism, uh, you know, agritourism and just tourism in general. There's so many great places in Kansas, and uh, that that was a real growing part of our economy that has been affected greatly due to COVID. Well, you kind of lead right in. I, we dive into the issues a little bit. You know, sure. the pandemic is obviously in everyone's minds, and that's kind of where we've been starting out with folks. You know, at the beginning, how do you grade the state's coronavirus response? You know, if you had to assign a letter grade, I know you're you're not a teacher uh, sure. by trade, but if you had to if you had to give it a grade, where how would you assess it, and what would you have done differently uh, than maybe the sitting lawmakers made the decision to to go? Sure. Well, I I think, um, boy, grade level that that that's hard. You know, uh, as far as a grade level. Um, as of right now, let me just say this. I think as of right now, we, we definitely need to uh, get our businesses back open, uh, get our schools back open safely. And, uh, you know, as, as far as a grade level, I think the highlight was for me is that we uh, gave the authority back to our county commissioners in each separate county to really assess, you know, on a local level uh, what, what is needed. And so I think that that's been important. So you, you think that kind of the turning point was when things stopped being, you know, the governor, state level, statewide mandates, and it gave county commissioners like on the mask mandate, yes. ability to opt out, you know, school districts, the ability to, to, to have more freedom. Yes, I, I believe that's that's very important. And, uh, you know, each each community knows. Uh, what their health needs are, and uh, they they know the response of their people. They know their businesses, and uh, so I, I just think uh, you know what makes a state successful is uh, all the uh, counties that are in that state. But what makes the counties successful are all the communities, the towns that are in that uh, particular county. So uh, to not do that, I think is is a disservice to who we are. Do you think you know? There's the the fear of a second wave or a fear that that the coronavirus and the flu will mix in a way that that makes it that that strains the state's response. Do you think there could be another situation in which some form, maybe not as sweeping as we had back in in April, but that closing down businesses maybe is a good idea to to protect public health, you know, to strike the balance between having businesses having commerce resume, but also protecting the public health of Kansans. Well, you know, our nonprofit, we closed for 44 days. Uh, I know what it's like to have to lay off uh, 58 people and the challenges uh, individually that their families had gone through, what we had gone through. And so um, I I think uh, Kansans are smart enough, business owners are smart enough to um, make the right decisions, take the precautions, practice the, uh, the social distancing. Uh, if, if uh, you know, uh, numbers are up in, in their area and they have concerns, uh, educate. You know, we, we, uh, the good thing through all this is people are getting educated. You know, 
social distance, wash your hands, clean up after yourselves, um, you know, do some of the, the common things that, that help. And, and then uh, really, uh, because if not, we have repercussions as, as well from the fallout of all these businesses. And uh, then, you know, people, uh, we, we know there's pandemics behind the pandemic. Opioids is a crisis. Suicide's a crisis. Uh, you know, uh, alcoholism's a crisis. So there's, the, the list goes on. And so we, we need to be aware of that. So no easy answers. We're definitely in some uh, uh, different, different, difficult times. Well, it, you mentioned running the nonprofit it puts you in a similar situation to a lot, as you mentioned, business owners around the state. Have you, you know, from, from talking to folks, school superintendents, you know, various stakeholders, are folks satisfied with how the state pushed out its allotment of federal relief dollars? I know that's an ongoing process. That's a, that's a big thing. But do you think that maybe there are areas that the state still needs to address going forward as part of its, its uh, you know, helping small businesses, what have you. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the initial response, we were part of the PPP program. And, uh, you know, thank God that uh, that was extended to uh, the faith communities and um, lots of uh, churches and nonprofits took advantage of that, uh, not just business owners. But um, I, I think there's still things uh, we got to navigate through. Um, the, we've never had anything like this. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, our, our state and, and our elected officials are, are working hard towards, um, you know, revitalizing and, and, uh, getting the support that's needed for local, uh, agencies, businesses. Um, uh, there, there just are no easy answers. We got to have a lot of conversation right now. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Uh, conversations literally as we speak, I yeah. think they're, they're diving into this. Going off of that, the state is going to be facing significant budget challenges related yeah. to, you know, lost revenue during the pandemic. How do you think that should be addressed? That's well, a big question I know, but yeah, yeah start there. you know, um, uh, I guess the best thing is we got to say, how are we going to uh, get our economy back up and running again? How are we going to grow the current economy? I mean, we were we were all let's just face it nationwide. We were we were doing well uh, and we, we were in a remarkable place. Uh, but now we have that challenge of uh uh, safely reopening the the current businesses that have closed and then you know trying to get more businesses to come back into Kansas and it's hard when you have still pockets of things happening in other states that people may not want to like tourism come to our state right now so um, we, we're, we're definitely going to have to uh, balance things out you know let, let me say it from this perspective um, as a nonprofit I've had to learn over the years we we have to run, uh, our nonprofit in a healthy balance, and I think this is applicable to our state and local budgets. Uh, it's got to be about business, but it's got to be about service. If it's all about business, you forget the people you serve. If it's all about service, you run out of money. So that's a challenge uh, all of us are going to have, especially in light of uh, COVID. Well, you mentioned growing the state's economy. Are there obvious areas of improvement that the state, maybe even going back before the pandemic, that were there that the state should be looking at to boost uh, tax revenues? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was a proponent for uh, uh, hemp and and agriculture. Uh, you know, more along the lines of of aviation. Um, I, I think there's much to be said. Um, you know, with our, our trade and some of the things that's been happening nationally, making sure our farmers are, 
or uh, you know, I mean, they're they're the breadbasket. You see the signs of Kansans, and and so uh, yeah, it's just you know, I, I tell people this: uh, life's about adjustments, and if you don't adjust along the way, it'll catch up to you, one way or another, for the good or bad. And uh, the the difficulty right now is we're going to have to really assess and make adjustments now along the way, and say uh, what's working, what isn't working, and go from there. You know, there, there's been a lot of talk about maybe one way to grow the state's economy is looking at additional revenue streams. Uh, medical marijuana is kind of a, one that always gets talked about. Sports betting, things like that, or, or other potential areas. Do any of those stand out to you as something the state should be looking at to supplement uh, you know, the existing revenue streams that they're trying to get back? Yeah, and I, I'm a, I'm a, while I'm not for recreational use of marijuana, I am for the medicinal. Being a hospice chaplain, um, I see how uh, opioids uh, have been a real challenging, not just to the person that's on, uh, you know, hospice, but to family members and young people who, you know, unfortunately uh, find out relatives on those things and, and start taking them. Um, so, you know, and, and then just from the practical, uh, standpoint of, uh, you know, marijuana as a medicinal use, uh, I think, uh, I, I've, I've witnessed the hundreds of deaths and, um, you know, bringing people along on that journey. Um, I feel like many of them that were on, uh, the using marijuana, um, helped them. And it didn't shut their system down as much. So I'm a proponent. Not not everybody's there with me yet on that. Um, and as far as uh, the other one, the sports thing, I think w- whatever we can do, uh, you know, it, I, I watched uh, some of the game last night. Uh, who was it, the 49ers? And, uh, you know, it's 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 sad thing when we're, we're seeing empty stadiums. And, you know, that's affecting lives, you know, financially. So we're, we're going to have to uh, readjust and find ways to, to grow our economy in this. Uh, this era we're in. Well, circling back a bit to the sure. medical marijuana, uh, you know, not all of your, your Republican colleagues, potential Republican colleagues here feel the same way. Right. You know, how would you bridge that gap? And, and you know, you, you touched on personal experience. How would you maybe bridge that gap and try and build support with, with lawmakers who are currently here kind of doing that, build support around a potential medical marijuana program? Well, I think uh, j- just from that, uh, from um, uh, looking at the science of things and uh, the uh, they, they can produce it without having the, uh, what is it, the THC that's involved uh, in there. So uh, it could be in pill form, wouldn't necessarily have to be, you know, spoke. I, I think there are areas uh, we could, you know, have conversation about. Um, I can't say that I've thought it completely through, sure. but um, it, it's definitely a, an area that uh, I have looked at. So you think maybe not in the the, the smokable form, right? Uh, maybe is the the way to go, uh, or or something that should be looked at. Well, yeah, I think you know you, it could definitely be done in like a pill form. So, and then kind of just one more question on the, on the sure. economic response: Is there a situation in which you think raising taxes to to fill some of that gap might be necessary? Wow. Uh, I think if you try to raise taxes right now when so many businesses are closed and so many people are hurting, you know, we have to have uh, it's a stress. You know, we I'm kind of on the three legged stool approach when I look at uh, 
revenue for the state, uh, and that would be uh, personal uh, property and sales. And uh, any time you put more stress on one, especially you know like personal property right now, and trying to raise that, uh, it affects the other. And uh, raising taxes sh- shouldn't be an option for us right now. We really got to look at uh, how we can get our businesses back open, grow our economy. And, and get get back to some sense of normalcy and and I, I think our, our state and our country is uh, you know was all pre-covid uh, on track to see a lot of that happening so um, but uh, that's that's going to be challenging to try to raise taxes in this era shifting gears a little bit sure uh, you're you're in Topeka as am I you know there's been a lot of conversations here as there have been across the state across the country about race policing and you know the how, how those how those work together you know the 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 movement is the black lives matter movement i guess starting off do you do you believe black lives matter do you do you endorse kind of the movement around uh taking a closer look at race and things like policing criminal justice well black lives uh, do matter and the black community to me uh matters and um, and, you know, I was, a, like I said, a former police chaplain. And, and uh, so I uh, often uh, worked in the community and uh, with all different ethnic uh, backgrounds. And so uh, having conversation and, you know, as far as our policing, uh, you know, if we can do some things from a national level to, to, to help our agencies uh, to, to perform and, and uh, have, have greater accreditation, whatever we can do to, to learn and, and be trained uh, along the way is, is very important. Uh, but I, I just think, again, um, you know, with, with everything going on, uh, trying to sit and have conversation here, you know, per- perception is reality to people, right, wrong, or, or you know, different. Uh, maybe someone may be looking at uh, what some of the African-American uh, culture is going through right now, and, and you know, they're, they're against it, or they don't agree with some of the movements and the things that happen. Uh, but uh, to to me, uh, whatever is happening to them is real to them. Whether that uh, someone else understands that or not, uh, you know, I feel like we need to have conversation, and and, and we need to, we, we all need to do better. You know, like I said, uh, part of being in politics is doing better in politics. We just need to do better in life, and and realize that we're we're, we're all human, and and uh, uh, for the sake of our kids and our grandkids. Uh, let, let's try to live at peace with one another. Let's let's work work through things, and and there's no easy answers to that. But I think it starts with with each individual. And you know, what do you think the state's role as a you know, potential state lawmaker should be in facilitating those conversations, or maybe even a policy response? Or do you think those are the discussions that are going to need to be had at the local level? Well, I, I think uh, any senator any representative they they have a uh i don't know so much uh, obligation but i would think if if they're um in that place they're they're there to represent the people and it's all the people of their community so whatever they can do to help mentor um you know uh, better response and uh help uh uh, do what's right is is going to be important, and so 
it, you know, it, it starts uh, from the top down and uh, wh- whoever we are, whatever positions we hold, uh, I think we need to cultivate uh, conversation and, and say, hey, let's let's get back to, you know, whatever happened to the days in Kansas. And this is uh, some of the frustrations I have uh, and it, in part was why I ran as uh, for governor, too, was uh, – um, you know, whatever happened in the days that we would uh, agree to disagree and still get along, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, are we past that? I, I hope not, but uh, at least I can try to make a difference with the community that, that I, I'm in. And then uh, kind of looking at a, a different aspect, sure. Criminal justice system, criminal justice reform, you know, Kansas isn't as far along as a lot of other states have right. tried to, to position themselves in the area of criminal justice reform and reducing the state's prison population. Do you think that, again, that's something the state should be taking a look at, uh, even as potentially a cost saver? Yeah, I mean, decriminalizing, uh, you know, some of the the, the smaller things are, are important, but yet uh, holding up the, the law and the, the things that are more serious is important. Um, you know, I'm a person of a second chance, and uh, I've... Uh, done a lot of ministry in jails and, and, and prisons. And there's nothing that, that excites me more than to see someone who's been released and has a pathway to, to, uh, you know, they made some mistakes, but they, they want to, uh, live life now and, and they, they want a second chance. And, and somehow we, we need to work, uh, uh, towards that to help people. Are there, um, you know, based off what you've seen in jails being, you know, working, being in them as a doing prison ministry, you know, are there areas where you think the state maybe should take a look at either improving conditions in the jail, you know, improving folks pathway once they get out to getting a, a good shot at a second chance? Yes, absolutely. And it begins while they're there doing their time. Uh, it begins with um, networking with the local uh, agencies that are outside and, and, uh, faith communities. So when they're released, uh, they're not like, Oh, where do I go from here? No, they already have a plan. They already have an agenda. And, uh, I think involving the faith communities and I speak of that cause I've been in the faith community. Uh, that's part of the success and getting, getting, uh, uh, these folks back, uh, uh, on track and, uh, mentoring. So the mentoring starts while they're there. And so we've worked through some of the some of the bigger policy areas, sure. but are there are there other things that you think are going to be important for the state going forward? I mean, there are a lot of areas that we yeah. can talk about, but maybe what are your what would your three biggest priorities be if elected? Well, I, I, I think the, the first thing is important to me. I, I am pro-life um, and um, the value of them both is uh, very important to me. Um, a, a second area, which we already discussed uh, is uh, uh, getting uh, our communities and and rural, you know, my district is all of Osage County as well. So, you know, I have uh, uh, the the rural area as well. Uh, And then uh, Douglas and East Shawnee County. So uh, getting businesses to help and and finding strategy, Uh, a lot of East Topeka businesses left even before COVID. And so that that's going to be a huge challenge. And, and then, you know, lastly, one thing that's really uh, important to my heart is a program, and we don't hear much uh, now, but uh, education redesign. And that is connecting our young people as uh, they're going through their letter years in high school. 
people to a profession. You know, uh, the, the workforce, we were almost like, I think, 50,000 for uh, uh, workers that are needed statewide in Kansas uh, that uh, we la- that lack trade, people that lack trade. So uh, get them, like Washburn Tech, get them, get them involved, uh, get them a trade. Not everybody is fit for a four-year college necessarily, but, um, you know, they, they want to learn whether it's welding, diesel mechanics, and stuff like that. Uh, we we got to, you know, help help get our young people to a place where uh, they, they have options and, and kind of to find their calling, if you will. And, you know, kind of one last question, I guess. Okay. Wrapping up here. Um, just what is the number one motivating factor for for wanting to be to represent the 19th Senate District? The, the number one, uh, I've I've been in this district for about fourteen or fifteen years, and I think oftentimes when we look at um, the position of a senator or a rep, we look at it from when we get in there, uh, what we're going to be able to do for the state as a whole. I I want to say what can I do as a senator of the nineteenth district for my district. What can I uh, get a hold of and, and say, okay, from the state as a whole and say, what, what can we do? What, what are some of the things we can focus on? I, I want to be about the community that I serve. Rick Cluse is the Republican running in the 19th Senate District. Rick, thanks for coming by. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. listening to this episode. If you're looking for more, you can support local journalism by subscribing to cgonline.com, reading our articles, and following the latest news on our social media platforms. You can also find more podcasts like this one in the Apple Podcasts app, on Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.